Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, episode 51. It is James and Scott, and we are joined by Angela Bassick. We had so much fun with it the first time, we decided to bring her back. Angela, welcome. Thank you guys for having me back. Scott, Adam, how's it going? Yeah, looks like Adam is actually here, by the way. <laughs> Four-person four panel. I know, we're having some technical difficulties trying to get this all working, so good luck trying to decipher what's going on. Good luck to you editing it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is actually going to be the most complicated editing process I think we've ever had on this show. Even more so than putting in all the press conference grabs after the fact. Anyway, so we're going to start off going through all of the stuff Brisbane Royal and A-League related. And we're going to go into our usual... A no, you know what? No, I'm not going to go through all this. Let's start with something fun. How about the W-League? Let's show. Yeah. All right, so Brisbane Royal 2-0 over Melbourne City. Alira Toby and Katrina Gorey scored both goals for the Raw in the second half in front of just over 3,000 people at Suncourt Stadium Sunday afternoon. Angela, let's start with you. You're the W League expert. Tell us what happened. It was a brilliant win by the girls. Um, having come so close before to beating Melbourne City in the last two meetings, it's just great to actually see them get the win. Um, well done to actually Mel and Andriata for getting that win as well because the way the girls were playing last week against Newcastle Jets, it didn't seem like they would put on a performance against Melbourne Victory. Um, not much I could say to fault Brisbane's performance, though, except for the final third where they just can't get on the ends of those balls that are put into the box. Adam, tell us a little bit about it. Look, I, look. the first half was, I think it was a very even affair, but I I said to Scott and I were watching on the sidelines, and I said, is this going to be a game that was going to be settled by one piece of brilliance, yeah. and a piece of brilliance of Claire mm -hmm. Polkinghorne to get yeah. that opening goal? I was really impressed. So I have to admit, I was working Sunday, so I only caught the first half before heading into Suncorp Stadium, and... From what I can gather, though, there was a massive turnaround with, I suppose, the way the Raw valued the ball going forward, where those turnovers that they were giving up in the first half were being converted into much more dominant possession in the second half. Yeah, they were definitely better on the ball this week than last week. They had a couple of turnovers in the defensive third last week, which cost them against Newcastle. They actually had one against City as well mm. in the first half when Fishstock could have done better, but they did play much better. Well... No, they did play better, but because I thought against Newcastle, they should have won that game anyway, given the chances. But they played really well against Melbourne City, and to Angela's point, I think it's probably Mel's biggest win. Yep. Yeah, she um, took the job on. It's massive. Going off what happened with the Newcastle game, it was all I could say is that Newcastle took their chances and took their possession of the ball and used it well. Yeah. While City, when they got that possession of the ball and depossessed Raw and went forward, they just yeah. they did not know what to do with it. Which is strange because the side that they had in the park, you expect those goals in them, but they really are, really didn't do much. You know, Fishlock's mm. chance, uh, Kai Simon had a couple of looks, but other than that, they they yeah. had the ball possession base, but just didn't do much with it. I suppose that was a big surprise just going forward, and you could see the emotion spilling over on the sideline at full time. Let's go back to the actual start of the game and talk about the team lineup. So the Raw made one change from their loss to Newcastle. Natalie Tatham started for Summer O'Brien. And Carson Pickett moved into centre-back. How did that move work out? It was actually quite interesting because it, it worked really well because it allowed Claire Polkinghorne to step forward and really win things into midfield, which worked really well. It cut out a lot of Melbourne City's attacks, but 
Did you actually get a chance to ask Mel about that, Angela? No, I didn't. I press pass, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're the important one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get all the internet information we can't, so. From what I understand, the decision to move, to have summer out was just um, based on an injury that she picked up doing during okay. training, which in the end didn't make much sense considering when she came on in the second half. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the move to Carson, mm. they said, was just to um, compensate Summer leaving okay. and they needed someone experienced who had yep. been in defender role before. And from my understanding, Carson has played a defender, yep. defender role in a home club in America. Okay. So it was just um, trying new things out. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I actually thought with that, I thought actually it made him more defensive-minded where, you know, he didn't have that, that shock tactic where Newcastle took advantage of last week, having Carson Pickett in the centre. But then when she came out, when Simon O'Brien came on, you could see that that, that machine on yeah. the sideline, you know, that, that the wing player was a lot yeah. better from there. And that's why, actually, I think, you know, created the opportunity to actually get on the board. And obviously the Raw Corps player of the match was Claire Poltinghorn. Yep. <laughs> she was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Yeah, she, I'm, I'm assuming that because the way the Matilda side is going, everyone's fighting for positions. Alan Stayage has said that there's two players for every position in that squad and Claire just had to step it up every, this yeah. season to make sure that she was in that squad for the Wave Cup and Asian Cup coming up. And we are seeing the dividends of that, I suppose, pressure to perform at the national level. Scott? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Claire's performance on the weekend is in the goal, everyone's talking about the great pass, but the way she robbed Jess Fishlock off the ball there, that's a two-on-two two if that goes the other way. That's a huge moment. Yeah, and a great bit of defensive play in addition to the great pull over the top. Yeah, the more and more you watch it, the more and more you realise that it was perfectly timed. Yeah. That tackle was going to happen and she was going to get yeah. that ball. But also to have the experience and wear it all to actually then look forward, see Lyra Toby in the open, sort of going straight down actually to put that long ball in, which led to the goal. That was just phenomenal. Mm. And it was a well-taken finish as well from Lyra Toby. Nice and calm, just touch over the keeper. Yeah, Lyra does what Lyra does. She's <laughs> really good on those final balls and I think that's what Mel needs to use her for more in the game. And then there was a second goal, obviously, from one-time podcast guest, Katrina Gorey, <laughs> with one of her trademark free kicks. Yeah, it looks like she just like pick out an area. It's like near the back post, and everyone just missed it. Yeah, yeah I think it, it was that, that, yeah. I think it was the when Polkinghorne ran in front of yeah. Lydia, and everyone thought Polkinghorne was going to get the header and put it in, <laughs> but no, Polkinghorne just didn't touch, and it just went straight, and no one knew what was yeah. going to happen. It was the best deliberate leave since Harry Kuehl in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Has he claimed well, that's a deliberate leave? I thought he claimed he did. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. It was a joke, all right? Okay, <laughs> fine. All right, so first win in six attempts versus City, and they go to the top of the league by two points. So overall, really successful uh, weekend for the W League side. Yeah, it's good to go into the Christmas season with being on top of the league. It's something that Raw haven't seen in a few seasons, <laughs> but it's good that we are there and even bigger challenge when we come back from Christmas. All right, so I suppose one thing we were talking about when I was watching the first half at home at what point do we start talking about Waikie Chung and her place in the side? Look, I think now, to be honest, and that's not because she yeah, it's not because she's playing badly or anything, but uh, without the goals, she's, she's number nine. Without the goals, you know, it really sort of... And you can see a lot of this, a lot of the sort of the yips, I guess, in the, in the final third is because of that confusion, you know, with, with Emily Gilnick, with... Waikie Chung, you know, I think, yeah, I'd start to be starting to say, you know what, it may be time to sort of, you know, stick her on the bench, play her as an impact player and let Lyra Toby play up front. And with the versatility that they've got in the side, they do have the players that can come in and do a similar job. And nothing against Waikie Chung as a skill set, but if you've got 11 players that come out and do a much better, uh, that can come out and do a much better job at the moment with 
in yeah. better form, do you have to go with them? Maybe I kind of like Alira Toby as the impact sub off the bench. Yeah. So, I mean, the impact she had after about 60 minutes when she came on with her pace running in behind, I think that's the best way to use it her at the moment. So it might be a case of Gielnik or Chung up front and finding another option on the left left it, flank. To it kind of reminds me a little bit of what we were seeing with Tommy Orr last year, where just the, the final product wasn't there. You knew everything was in place just once... I suppose the goal start going in that will hopefully provide the confidence boost that she needs. It's not. It, the problem is that even in that first Sydney game, that when she put that cross in, it was spectacular. Yeah. The first cross into to a Lira that was apparently handball, kind of was, but when, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, it, they <laughs> Won the it. game, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but if it, it's not that she's not just scoring goals, we'd be fine if she wasn't scoring goals. Yeah. But if she was putting those deadly balls mm. in to. Get, get those goals to Emily or to Alira, who was ever in the box. We would be fine with yeah. that. She doesn't need to score the goals, but she's not yeah. doing anything else on the field no. as an attacker should. Yeah. While you have M, who's constantly running in because yeah. she's getting a bit frustrated, it seems, that no one's in the box mm. or no one can yeah. do that. And the most frustrating thing is she's always offside. I <laughs> yeah, can't. I hear you on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the most frustrating thing. It's nothing against her skill set. I do think she's probably a very skilled player, but... The W League is that much higher than probably yeah. where she's played before, and she's never been at that yeah. level. And also, I think, you know, we are seeing maybe two, three years ago, she might have been able to have a better impact. But with the rise in standard we are getting in the last couple of week, a uh, couple of seasons, I mean, it's you know tougher to get a place in the side. Yeah, one hundred percent. I her not having the Wikipedia pages, everyone's mentioned. Everyone thought that she was <laughs> going to be the impact player of the season, not knowing where she came from. But in the end, I don't know how many goals she's actually scored for Hong Kong or how Hong Kong... Well, they're not a women's power in Asia. <laughs> but it's just... I think it could come down to a few things. Her not adjusting to the league, right? Or that she's having a few problems off the field, like homesickness and stuff like that, that's just affecting the, her ability to play. Well, from what I've seen and heard, though, it seems like the playing squad still has her back, though, and mm. they're backing her, which... Has to be encouraging. I do. Yeah, I think that is happening. But um, I think some of the players probably after a few games do get frustrated with her. But it's mostly the fans. You need the fans on board as well to get you over the line. And I think she's kind of losing the hope of fans. The benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, the benefit of the doubt, yeah. And again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Tommy all last year where all this hope and it's just not happening at the moment. All right, so let's move on to the positives. Let, and we'll start with you, Angela. Who's been the uh, Raw W League best player? Polkinghorne, Gorry, Pickett? I think 100% Claire Polkinghorne. I just think what she does in defence, and it's not just those dispossessing moments where she makes those crucial plays, but it's also picking up on other defenders when they've had those moments where they forgot to chase their player or keep an eye on their player. She backs up and gets them. She can put the ball up the field. She can run. She can score. She hasn't scored yet, but... Oh, she has, actually. She did. She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, it gets, <laughs> gets Perth. Here, I think they actually end up giving her the green of the goal. Yeah, and so, she, yeah. she, she can, should have. Yeah. <laughs> she can do everything. So I think she's definitely been one of the best players for the side. She does have a brilliant midfield in front of her yeah. to help her make it easier for her, but she's 100% standout for me. Look, for, for me, actually, my I, I, I agree, uh, Claire Polkman's probably been, my, it's been probably the best, but also sort of honourable mention for, for Carson Pickett. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think when she's come, she's been sort of almost like the missing link from last season where, you know, the, the back four was a little bit suspect. It wasn't sort of producing as much, you know, for the back four. She, she's been excellent. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, if, I, I still, I agree with Angela that, you know, Claire Polkman's probably been the best, but definitely honourable mention for I would actually go a little bit uh, along those lines, but the other import, Celeste Bure, and what yeah. she's brought to that central that's midfield. Exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. why I got in before. Oh, no, thank <laughs> you very much for that. 
<laughs> no, I think she's been excellent at holding midfield role, really just allowing the players in front the freedom to be able to attack and not worry so much about if they turn the ball over, there's someone there to cover. I think that's been really important as well. And she had a couple of chances to score and the weekend. Yeah. The scary thing is that, you know, between us, we've <laughs> thrown up three names, and then you've got Katrina Gorey, yeah. Tamika Butt. Um, I don't think who else oh, is... Alira Toby. Yeah, Alira Toby is yeah. leading goal scorer. Ma- yeah. Even Mackenzie Arnold, yeah. she's having yeah. a brilliant season as a goalkeeper. Yeah, so this, this is a very, yeah, very good squad yeah. at the moment. And I think, you know, I think they, they deserve to be top at Christmas. And they will be because <laughs> obviously there are no games next weekend. Yeah, no. not until... December 29th, yeah, where they play Perth Glory at Dorian Gardens. Oh, look, the W League has the same thing as the A League. They always play at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to Sam Kirsch was complaining about that the other day. <laughs> away enough, games. They've had more home, away games than the actual Perth men's side probably have. <laughs> that doesn't help my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so at this stage, there's no TV or live stream coverage, yeah. and we've had plenty of rants on this before, mm-hmm. but... Seriously, how hard is it to get something up and running? Like, Oxports, get your stream and yeah. get it now. We don't need damn commentary or fancy graphics. Just put the camera yeah. up. It'll be fine. I, yeah, like, and Far Post mm. Perth, I'm sure, will be able to help with that. <laughs> like, mm. I'm working in the uh, yeah, NPL. I'm just going to use my knowledge from here with their yeah. stream and everything. It's hard to get that stream up and running. And seeing the quality of the SRR, SRS that they have on match days, the ones that you see the highlights with that Fox Sports do, it's... Not amazing. The footage mm. and the, the quality of the footage is just poor. That's something that, well, FFA have to invest in for Fox Sports. Mm. They have to find a way that they can get streams that are high quality and that people can watch because connection is the next issue. We watched the Canberra yeah. versus Brisbane Raw game um, with, at the Raw Cause with, at the Fritzenberger, but it's halfway through the game it just stopped. For no oh, reason. <laughs> and it stopped while, one of the goal, while the Canberra players were about to get a goal. <laughs> we thought they were, but they didn't. Thank God. But, but that would have been a very nervous wait. It was a very nervous wait for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the huge problem. We, we want streaming, but yeah. we want good quality streaming yeah. too. That's going to be the big issue. Because the W League is about the best thing FFA have at the moment. They really need to find a way to get it out there in the public more because at the moment the best game at the weekend was the thrill <laughs> between Newcastle and Perth. Everybody and no one, no one saw anything about it. Well, it's like it's, like it, well, it's our attitude to W League at the moment on this show. Like I said, 50 episodes, I'm sure A-League has been at the at segment one for 50. Yeah, it has oh, been. Maybe not 50 because there's no A-League, but every time it's been A-League on, it's been lead segment. We, we go on W-League first this time. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's because the W-League is fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the antidote to the A-League in every yeah. way. My major problem is that it is season 10 and that this should have been sorted out by now. Yeah. Even if it is just some sort of single camera setup. And yeah, and, but there's not going to be hard even to get commentary. There's people around yeah. in Queensland who hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's people around who do NPL commentary for Victoria yeah. for New South yeah. Wales who would gladly do it. I'm assured, and they wouldn't. They just do it for fun, just to get the practice for whatever they want to do commentary. Yeah. Well, that's something I think we need to push for for next year. What do you guys say? Yeah, 100%. Fox and FFA can't do it. Let the clubs take control yeah. of it themselves. Let them organise live streams through their own social media networks. And also, a full home and away season would be great. <laughs> yes, that would be more, ga- more games for me to get my voice out. I mean, um, <laughs> for the girls' play. All right, so we're going to close out just with the W League ladder. So the Raw women are on top. Perth Glory is second with Newcastle Jets uh, close third. Very close third, actually. It's down to goal difference. Sydney FC, Melbourne City down in fifth place. Oh, someone might be getting the sack there. Yeah, he's, yeah what, what, what the coach is doing, I don't, don't know. I don't know if he has a mind of what women's football is compared to what A-League is, what men's yeah. football is. It's completely different. Was he the assistant last year? He was Joe? the assistant with Jess Fishlock. Yeah. And I think Jess Fishlock did better while she was playing and coaching. <laughs> 
<laughs> which says something. Fair enough. Because Kvero could be at Sydney FC or Melbourne City missed the finals, and that's never happened before in the W League. It's going to come down yeah. to the last game of the season with Newcastle Jets facing Melbourne City. And what are the bets? That's not even going to be broadcast. But, but I, I don't. I think it is broadcast. <sighs> I think it might be. I'm not okay. sure though. I didn't double check. But, e- but even you know, Canberra United you know, sitting yeah. in, in sixth at the moment. That's you know. It's something them, big for Heather. Them, them missing out. As well, and if 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 they, they if we went to the finals tomorrow, that's three massive yeah. clubs that are going to miss out. It really throws my predictions out. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember those predictions. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's not talk about yeah. misfired predictions because no one at this table said that the Raw A League side would finish in second place. <laughs> it could right. still happen. It could. It could. All right, that's going to be segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review here for another week. It's James, Scott, Adam and Angela. We've got a four-person show for the first time. (laughs) Forgive me if I'm a little bit rattled, but I'm not used to having this many people in my house. (laughs) I don't have that many friends. All right, so I suppose after procrastinating for the whole of the first segment... Let's get on to the A-League review. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back after the break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so straight after the W-League joy, we were treated with a uh, not-so-entertaining performance from the A-League side where they went down to Melbourne victory 2-1. Reese Williams and Costa Barbarouss put the victory up in the first half before Massimo Macarone got one back just before the hour mark. There were te- just over 10,000 people at Suncourt Stadium. And Adam, let's start with you because you couldn't talk a whole lot on Sunday to tell us what happened. Well, uh, victory actually came out of the gates. Um, two two goals inside 20 minutes and Royal playing catch-up the rest of the game. And they pulled one back, but realistically they weren't going to get that second to even get the draw. So I think they got they got jumped at, at the start and, yeah, they just never really got that. That first half was, you know, a lot of words, uh, a lot of adjectives <laughs> I can think of. I'll be difficult can pu- say. publish those words. Yeah. To keep our record going. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was not great at all. In fact, it was probably, I keep on saying this, but probably the worst half yeah. to put on the season. It was certainly the most depressing half. But Can I use one of those words now? Because the first no. half was straight trash. Oh, that's no, fine. I didn't want to use nothing, that I know you got... There's nothing that. positive about the first half whatsoever other than Jamie Young made three great saves mm. to keep the score down. So there was some positive yeah. then. Thank God for Jamie Young. Yep. <laughs> well, what really jumped out at me was the fact that this was just a total tactical victory for Melbourne victory. That was a really bad use of words. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but it was, you know, a tactical win. Like, you take a look at the way that Victory let the raw centre-backs have the ball at will and then close down the minute they tried to play it out to the two full-backs. And James Troisi was just busy creating overlaps in what might have been his best game for the season. <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was his windfall got inspired him. What? He didn't hear about that. No. He's, uh, he's getting a big payout from... Uh, from a former club. Oh, right. Yeah, you did so. tell me that, actually. Yeah, you <laughs> that up. Just forgot. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, we you couldn't hear him on Sunday because he had yeah, no voice. Exactly. Yeah. That's my excuse. I'll stick to that. Fair enough. Yeah, I can't say too much. I missed the first half. <laughs> That's okay. I missed the second <laughs> what half. What a terrible shame you missed out. <laughs> yeah, I missed a great first half, didn't I? Um, I watched a bit of the second half. I got a bit frustrated. As I said to the Hyundai A-League Twitter page, I was ready to throw my remote at my TV. And I didn't watch that much. But, yeah, it was... I don't know what's going wrong for Raw, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. They do have the players there. I don't know what they're doing, though. I don't think they know what they're doing, either. <laughs> they, look like, no, they don't look like they're on the same page, particularly going forward. There was one instance when Ben Calfos Cal- was making a run in from the left, and 
He's screaming at Scapettis to make a run. They're not on the same page. This is week 11 now. They've been pre-season training since July. How long is it going to take? And even with people missing so yeah. much time through been, injury. Since July, they've been together, basically. But you know should what be, really... Should be better by now, surely. Mm. We know it really does jump out at me, and it's something you notice a lot in stadium. And I hate to, you know, say, oh, remember when. Making me sound like a Liverpool fan. But <laughs> you remember under Ant Postacoglu, there were very few players that were static off the ball. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. I could... I lost count of the number of yeah. times in that first half where a player would have the ball yeah. and everyone in front of them was just yeah. standing there going... Ange used to really stress multiple running options off the ball. Yes. Fight options and surprise. And but You're right, there's no movement whatsoever. The, yeah. the, there's absolutely no movement whatsoever. That's why they go backwards so often and sideways. And you could see a lot of frustration brewing from the players in the first half where I think there were times yeah. when Ben Kalfala was you know, saying, make your run, yeah. as you were saying to Skipetis. But yeah. I think there was one time where he was out on the left trying to cut in and the five players that were essentially all standing in the line with the victory's last defender were just going, now what? I know you hate Premier League analogies, but Ryan Wines with Man United under Van Gaal. They all stand the same positions all the time. It's very similar. And I don't know what's gone wrong because Aloisi has put in some brilliant performances when he was first here. I don't don't understand where it's gone downhill since then. It's not the players. We have them. They've been there... They should know what to do by now. Like you said, yeah. it's been preseason since July, but what's going off? What's going wrong off the on the training on off the training yeah. off well, pitch? In, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <What's going wrong>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what's going wrong off the pitch? Because obviously in training they must be doing something. It could just very. It could just be a case of maybe the book is out on Aloisi's tactics because, as we've said, he's been with the Raw now for two years, so it could very well be a case of. He hasn't changed it at all, has he? No. Not, not so much, no. Because I remember last year we were talking about how, you know, they were playing the wrong sorts of balls for Jamie McLaren and Macaroni was supposed to be the strike, sort of striker that was more well-suited for that. Whereas, you know, they're playing perfect passes for, for McLaren who's not here anymore. It's great. Yeah, there, <laughs> there were quite a few long balls there that were hit quite, I would say, quite well for Jamie McLaren. Yeah. But yeah, Macaroni's not that young, so it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Although he could still probably beat me in a football Maybe Elfie should mix it up, though, because Mike Mulvey and Ange Postacoglu are the two best examples with the ball. They did both mix it up in terms of formations throughout the years, so well, maybe there's an idea there. Why not try 4-4-2? We saw that against Wellington, and that started to you know, create a little bit of an inroad, so why not try that? I, I, think, I think also as well. I, I don't think I can recall where the, the middle five, like obviously your defence is pretty solid and Macaroni up top has been pretty constant this season, but... I don't think there's been that five combination midfield that's been the same all season. I think a lot of that, you know, and different, and different playmakers as well. You, know, you had Holman for a while, you had Bortiak for a game, Ben Kalfala, we think, played you know, that number 10 role. And it just seems to be there's just no consistency because it's not the same same sort of, you know, group of players every week. And that's just really seems to be throwing it all out. And it's just, it's very frustrating to be honest, to watch. And look, yeah, being able to chop and change plays is great on FIFA, but mm. in real life, these guys do need to actually work together. And maybe the fact that there have had to be so many chops and changes as we go on, it is affecting the rhythm. It has been six months, though. <laughs> Although, speaking of some of those changes that have come yeah. on, uh, Daniel Leck made de- uh, debut number 137 for the Raw. Yeah. And he replaced Pettis Capetis after an injury. And Ramadakbari came on for significant minutes after Ivan Franic came off injured, which I feel like might have been a product of, oh, God, we have no one else. Let's throw Franic in there, and now it's a wear and tear injury. That's just totally my speculation, by the way. But 
Yeah, what do you think of the youngsters, Scott? I thought they did reasonably well. I thought like Bari was quite tidy on the ball and looked pretty good. Lech put himself about. I think they did enough to suggest they got a potential, but I'm not sure they're going to get much game time because I think Gamero's back and Scapettis is okay and D'Agostino's back, so I think they'll be we probably w- on the bench yeah. again, on maybe on the bench tomorrow, but they did quite well. I was really impressed with it. Like From what we've seen from Akbari, there's a lot to be excited about yeah. with him. I was surprised to see him go out to the left, though. I thought he would have been more suited playing in that playmaking role. But we did actually find out on Sunday, once we actually got around to checking our emails, that Corey Gramiro was out with an illness. Yep. Yes. We were all sort of wondering on Sunday, what happened to Gramiro? What happened to Gramiro? <laughs> and we were wondering if maybe with the short turnaround he was being left, but turns out he was sick. <laughs> this is why I should check my emails more. Yeah. You should listen to the press conferences, too. I should? Yeah, you should. I do, I mean... Anyway, <laughs> all right, so there was one last incident at the end. Barisha thought he'd scored the sealer on 90 minutes, but it was ruled out by the VAR after an apparent handball in the lead-up. Look, we'll get on to the VAR later, yes. but the look on Barisha's face when it was, it was overturned. Yeah, as Raw fans, I think we can it was all agree, worth it. that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm a huge Barisha fan. I think he's got great passion for the game. He's somehow yeah. great on the ball and scores yeah. goals, even though his, ball skill, um, his skill on the ball is not amazing. But, yeah, it was kind of funny to see yeah. how frustrated he was. I also <laughs> we just kept abusing everyone yeah. for it's not getting it. It was great. Probably the second best reaction I've yeah. seen for a dislike goal yeah. after, <laughs> after yeah. Kevin Bullets last year. <laughs> I also think Kevin Musk will be damn relieved that they won because he might have absolutely lost it if uh, that goal was ruled out and Macaroni's first, his goal was borderline offside, shall we say. Although, if they'd had both of those go against him and they dropped points, I think he might have lost it in the post-game press conference. <laughs> or, or I'll be honest, I feel like there were a couple of questions about one of the victory goals as well. I can't remember. I remember they showed a replay at one point, which made I, me sort of raise an eyebrow. I think it was a David Williams. Uh, not David Williams. What am I doing? Reece Williams. Williams. I'm just getting confused now. Yeah. I think it was that one. I think they were saying that he could have come off side, but I was like, how? I watched this I think it might have been in the build-up to the corner. Maybe that was it, yeah. That's what we're running with anyway. <laughs> All right, now, uh, we did do fan cams afterwards. Thank you for the uh, four people that participated <laughs> in it. We would love to get a few more this Thursday night, which is actually tomorrow as we're recording. So we'll be at the Wally Lewis statue on the Northern Plaza, the Den End, at full time. So if you listen to this, please come down and have your say, because I get very lonely there. <laughs> All right, so there was a crowd of 10,225. Relatively poor turnout given the opponent, yeah. but a 6pm kickoff on a Sunday, even in school holidays, that's still a bit... It's well done on the average, which is about 15,500 against victory. So it's, I think it's just a symptom of the league in general at the moment. It's stagnated. I think it pretty much sums up why the crowd's down, but... In part, but also I suppose the 6pm kickoff didn't really help. Cause it's school holidays, though. Even if it's school holidays, you still have like, the parents yeah. who have to go to work the next day. They're not going to stick around with their young kids trying to get them to bed after 6 o'clock at night. The thing is, the counter-argument that is the hit and giggle started last night, all the kids who were at that. So That's I'm the told there are a lot if you're listening for the I'm told time. there were a lot of kids <laughs> at that game last night, not that I watched it. So Yeah, we'll watch that on Friday, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I suppose that... Could have been a little bit better. Yeah. Although, like, this actually came up earlier in the year, the complaints about the W League having to kick off at one thirty to fit in with the 4 o'clock yeah. A League. So I didn't actually mind that as in terms of uh, staggering the start. So the W League kicked off at 4 o'clock and it would have been not pleasant, but better. I do think it would be better. The only concern I have is if they're kicking off after an, oh, an A League match or later is that people might not stay around. Well, that's something we're going to get onto in segment three because we actually had a uh, Facebook poll question since we learned how to do that. <laughs> 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 yeah. But just quickly, we'll run through the other results. 
Uh, Friday, Sydney FC 3-1 over Melbourne City. Uh, just a quick lap, Sink City and Ross. They really Park. love the self-destruct button, Melbourne City. <coughs> they're really good at it. I don't know what happened with Melbourne City still. They're just, everything's just gone. I think, I think there's, there's problems. Uh, it's like the Melbourne City women's team. <laughs> Power yeah, problem, problems with City, but also as well, I think uh, Sydney FC, the juggernaut just rolls on. All right, and then we had a Saturday triple header, Newcastle 2-1 over Adelaide. I'm not complaining about Newcastle winning because that was one of the few tips I got right on the weekend. <laughs> uh, then Prime Time Central Coast against Western Sydney. Look, we could talk about this game or we could save it for the VAR rant. I will say it's a really good thing for Gombau to win the game. It oh, was. Yeah. yeah, He needed the win any way possible. So It seems like the light bulb might have gone Why do you assume I'm going to be ranting on the VAR, by the way? Adam or Angela might rant. Oh, yeah. I've got Why is assume it's going to be me? We know you. Okay. We've d- yeah. you, you <laughs> the last this, time. <laughs> this is your 51st episode okay. of the Brisbane Football Review. We know when you're going to rest. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, this Saturday late game was Perth Glory against Wellington Phoenix. Now, I admit I was asleep by this stage, having built IKEA furniture <laughs> for most of the afternoon. So, did anyone actually watch this game? No. No. I saw a little bit of it. All right, on to the end. <laughs> <laughs> because Scott, Adam and Perth I... Perth did deserve their win for the record, but... Yes. Well, the joys of playing at home, yeah. as always. And they needed the win, so we didn't go on the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I'm really Thanks, sure. Perth. <laughs> Thanks, Perth. All right, so Brisbane Raw won four in the... Lost 4-1 to one against Adelaide United in the Youth League. Luke DeVere got the goal for the Raw. And what was the surprise yeah. appearance? Time, what were the names of the Adelaide scorers, James? Oh, come on. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one is going to get more complicated because he struggles with the second one. That list that's about it. Uh, there is Pacific Nyong... Goodbye. <laughs> I apologise for that. I can't read. And then there was Irabona and Constant. Con- 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 Constant. Yeah. Still struggling with that name. Yeah. Fifty-one episodes later, he's still struggling. He, he, one of the family have, le- have left the club, and he's still struggling with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at Lanham Park. That was the first youth yeah. league game I've been to out there. I like that setup. It's good out there, isn't it? Yeah, nice and local. And, yeah, Daningham and Luke DeVere were named to play. We were a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, certainly with Luke DeVere surprised because he's supposed to be out for about 10 weeks with a knee injury. So that's obviously come along really well. As for Daningham, I think he needed games. I mean, he hasn't played since since they, he went away for the World Cup. He's, he's been bench. sat on the bench or not in the squad, so he really needed game time. Mm. I suppose, yeah, the half-time, shub, half-time subs shaped the contest. This is why I should just talk instead of trying to read. <laughs> but I suppose a big surprise... For us, there was when we saw John Aloisi yeah. pull Daniel Leck off to the side yeah. going into the halftime break. Correct and me if I'm wrong, did he not speak to James Robinson at the drinks break as well? He to flag really well. it then and then he told Daniel Leck. Yeah. He looked a bit disheartened at the time <laughs> to be subbed, but yeah. Well, he did get to make his A League debut, yeah. so I think it all came out well for him off that. He, he was actually playing quite well. He missed, he missed a few chances, um, Daniel Leck, in that first half, but he was playing well. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, he did seem a little. Um, yeah, disappointed not to not to go on, but yeah. you now, like I said, he got rewarded in the end. From what I saw from Daniel Lecto, he does seem like one of those guys that is probably ready to make the jump into the A League squad with a little bit more regularity. Possibly. Like just, I feel yeah, like he was probably the best be player on the park in the first half, even with a uh, hobbled Luke Devere there with a gigantic knee brace. By the way, good on him for running around yeah. with that. <laughs> and also, I should point out, well done to the players on both sides for managing to run around so. Uh, much in what was it 30 something degree heat it was hot yeah it was very very hot 
All right, so the next Raw game is against Melbourne City, Friday, December 29th at 4.30pm at Lanham Park in Grange Thistle. Must win for the Raw, especially before yeah. that eventual thunderstorm will roll in. <laughs> it is must win, but they're, they're dropping points for the right reasons here. Because, again, do you want to be Melbourne City and just win the Youth League to win the Youth League? Or do you want to develop players? Because I look at the team. Conor O'Toole would probably play in this team. Daniel Leck, Ramad Akbari, Adam Sawyer was left out. And you know, maybe even Dagestan and Coletti would play in this team as well, possibly. So... You're looking about half a side, not not there, because they're all available for the first team. Speaking of those players, so it was good to see some of the players from the senior team coming back yeah. and supporting those guys as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought <laughs> yeah. I'd actually get a yeah, no, there were going. a couple of them there. You're right. All right. So that's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Second Green, the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott, Adam and Angela here for our first four-person show. This is different for me. I like I have to point at everyone still to make sure you get everyone's name. <laughs> <laughs> Mad cow. <laughs> anyway, so for segment three, we're going to go into the news. And we're going to start off with the VAR. Now, Scott, we're going to save your rant for a little bit later. Okay. Angela, yes. let's get your thoughts on what happened this weekend. Just remember, this is still technically a family-friendly show, even though no families listen to us. <laughs> it, it, it just didn't happen. It just wasn't going well for the VAR. The decisions that were made, just... I don't know why the decisions were made, especially in the, was it the Adelaide game where they said there was a handball, but it wasn't a handball in a million years. I, I get that referees make mistakes on the pitch, though. Like, it's not on the VAR this time. It's referees inevitable. make mistakes in real time that look like it was a handball, but when you played it back, it should have been rescinded and saying it was not a penalty, it was not a handball. The funny thing for me is this week we saw the good and bad of VAR. So, And it was all in the space of about an hour in the Sydney FC Melbourne City game where, what was it, the Luke Bratton goal to start off the game, that was not given initially and VAR overruled quite quickly. That was great. That was the right way that it should have been implemented. Then, unfortunately, we saw the Bobo accidentally, deliberately, whatever, trying to carve a couple of scars into (laughs) the leg of Manny Musket Mm. and Musket then getting sent off for elbowing Zulo in the face. Yeah, Yeah. so safe to say, you know, we saw a couple of good, couple of bad in that game. Mm. I'm looking at Scott right now. No, you mentioned that, but the Bratton one, I mean, come on, Lions, when you're in line with that, just make a decision. Surely he could have seen that. Yeah. So as you say, it was the good of the VAR, but I just think the referees should make a decision on that in general. But we're, we're starting to we're starting to see it already. Where and and you've seen it symptomatic in other sports like NRL, for example, where the having technology as basically as that backup means that officials are not willing to make yeah. big decisions like that. For me, that goal, the way the ball, the angular momentum of that goal of the ball, to me, anyone that's like, played where do you think it landed? That, yeah, exactly. The way it came down, it, it, it had to have gone to lines. It, the, the laws of physics don't that wouldn't would suggest otherwise. So that, that one, I think, yeah, I agree with you, Scotty. That yeah. yeah, like you don't need the VAR for that, but that would be a good foil. For, yeah. you know, I know people say, oh, they want the goal line yeah. technology like the like the Premier League. Unfortunately, given the state of Australian yeah. football, moment, no one could yeah. afford that Hawkeye system. Yeah, I was going to say, so given the maybe, state of the game. Expecting yeah. him to understand the laws of physics is a bit much at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but see, but, but VAR would were, probably be good yeah. for that. If only there were fairly, you know, big fast food companies that could sponsor something like goal line technology. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't rhyme, unfortunately. Yeah. I think no. the biggest problem with the VAR was that 
it's just introduced too early and it wasn't taken into consideration the mistakes that could be made through a VAR, through a video referee. Well, absolutely my, no consistency with it whatsoever. Well, my big problem is the fact that the person, like the people running the VAR, in large part are the ones that were making the same mistakes when they were in the middle. Case in point, Sean Evans, <laughs> who I think is you know now the most frustrating match official in all of Australian sport. And yes, I am going hyperbolic here, but you are still seeing you know someone that doesn't quite yeah. you know grasp the way that it should be implemented and. We do need to remember also, this is still a trial that the FFA put their hands up for. So, yeah, there are growing pains, but quite frankly, I think what we're learning now is this system needs to be modified. It needs to be modified big time because it's doing nothing it said it was going to do. It's supposed to clear up confusion and eliminate the obvious errors. It's doing neither. The confusion is more than ever and the obvious errors, I mean, you talked about the Adelaide handball, non-handball, that's that's an obvious error. The um, And some of the other stuff, Bobo being missed, that's an obvious error. And, and then not being yeah. cited by the match review panel. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you look at the two red cards for the Mariners. I, I'll buy the first one. That's mm, a red card. The yeah. second one is, that's not obvious. The McGing thing, that's, oh, yeah. that's not obviously an upgraded red card. For, for mine, for mine, where the problem is, and, then, and this is in a lot of sports, again, with technology, mm. is that subjective yeah. decisions should not be yeah. made by anyone else other than match official. If he gets it wrong, yeah. he gets it wrong. He, he takes the licks yeah. on that. But for... By, by introducing technology on subjective decisions, it just opens up a can of worms about what should have, what shouldn't have been. You know, it's They're re-refereeing like, the games. Yeah, no, and that's something we were told that was not going to happen, mm. but that's exactly what's happening. It's and to go to Angel's point before, I think if they are going to use the VAR, don't do in slow motion. If, 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 you, cannot, if you cannot determine from normal speed <laughs> and a second time <laughs> round, then you know what? Then it's obviously there's enough doubt to go with the original decision. But to go and look at slow motion, it looks like, and again, symptomatic of what the the bunker in NRL where, and even NFL, which was bloody frustrating on watching <laughs> on Monday. I'm fine with it after this weekend. I know you're happy with it, but, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, the thing is that, look, it, it's almost like they're looking for a reason to overturn. And that's not what refereeing is all about. It should be, Back the match official in the in the middle. Mm. If he gets it wrong, he gets it wrong, or she gets it wrong. If we go if we go VAR for women's football, yeah. you know, eventually. But the, the whole and this is what it just created this whole layer yeah. of, of things now where it's now it's it's literally turning people off the game. And I it is. I had to say, but I agree with what Paul Icon said that you know if you're starting to fall in love with out fall out of love with the game, now I can't blame him, and I agree. I do think there's a massive problem though when you when we have supporters and fans and people who actually think they know the rules of football, they don't know the rules <laughs> yeah. of football. It's a massive issue when you go to a, say, a foo- like go to a referee oh, thing, for, like say Football Queensland, and they host a day saying this, these are the rules. You'll see so many coaches, players, and young people there, and they'll hold up a red card saying this is the red card decision, but it's not. I think that's the. I think that's also where the VAR is a massive problem. Like they're making decisions that people don't understand. Mm. And it sounds ridiculous that I'm saying this, but a lot of fans, coaches, players don't actually know the rules of football. And when these people are making these VAR decisions, people just don't understand why they're making them. And that could be, you know, something that the lawmakers might have to clarify going forward where maybe some of these rules need to be made much more clear rather than left up to the interpretation. Explain the decisions of why why is it upgraded. So why is Jake McGing's upgraded to a red card? That's a big problem too. Yeah, why is it upgraded? Why is it? 
Why is this one upgraded and that one not, for example? Under, as well? under the FIFA law, under FIFA rules for the VAR, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it says anything about upgrading cards. It's not no. actually meant to do that. No. And and the worst thing as well, which has just come out in the last couple of days as well, is that the what the um, card for Jake McGing cannot be cannot be disputed. It can't be rescinded on appeal either it's like it's because the rulings were made on the yeah. field whereas if if the if the referee actually I, I can't remember yeah. who the referee was oh, oh it's King it was yeah. actually gave you know McGee a red card straight out that Mariners could have appealed that because yeah. the VAR upgraded and same with uh, Brahma they can't they can't yeah. appeal it it stands and that how, how wrong is that? Well, that is something yeah. that's going to be changed now under mm. the tweets that the FFA announced this afternoon saying video referees have also been stripped of the power to suggest changing yellow card decisions to dismissals. They never had that power to yeah. start with. No, that was, that's a confusing thing. I think mm. that referees have not been informed yeah. actually of the rules. And it's a bit hard to interpret. It's a VAR. It's new. It's a trial. Yeah. How are these referees meant to be able to get a hand of it and understand it? They also got to work out what referees are better in the box and which one's better on the field and stop overlapping, I think. Because there's certain referees who aren't the best in the box. Yeah. And you mentioned one a minute ago. Sean <laughs> Evans. Oh, look, I, I have no problems yeah. criticising someone that doesn't do their job well. I thought Strebrek explained it quite nicely on Daily Gower on Monday, but yeah, it's just confusing. It is also how, like, you had that Barisha handball. It was yeah. the goal was taken back, but people didn't understand why that was a handball, and that's just a massive issue because no one yeah. goes in and explains it. Why was that yeah. goal taken away? So the changes for the new VAR guidelines are: VAR should only intervene when there is a clear slash obvious error or a missed incident by the on-field referee. VAR to use a high threshold for intervention on fouls. VAR to focus on match-changing situations. That's still pretty damn ambiguous to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's ambiguous enough for them to intervene at any point anyway. So they should just burn it and toss it in the ocean and get rid of it. Well, no, I still get want to see some sort of I, review system in place, but I would much yeah. rather see the coaches or the captain just, on the field. Why didn't they invest in goal line technology? It would have been so much better. I don't think there's enough incidences with goal line technology. Like I was fine with it yeah. not having a goal technology. It happens. Mm. People's yep. go- yeah. It's been happening for years and years and years, yeah. even in MPL, yeah. in BPL and all those leagues. You never had yeah. goal line technology. You've never had any of that thing. It's never been a problem. If it doesn't go in, well, hey, that happens. That's football. That's just a part yeah. of the game. But now we're so much relying on technology, like, oh, it's goal line or that's, that, crossed the, that crossed the line. we got to check it. we got to yeah. check it. I'm like, yeah. it's football. We'll just go back to the basics if we and have to. Also, it's where you're trying to yeah. rule almost in inches or yep. in millimetres. And, and again, that's not when the founding fathers wrote the rules here. That was not the intent to be able to decipher something, you know, at, you know with one mil leeway. Like I said, that's if, as, I said, as I said before, if you cannot referee make a decision to overturn based on what you saw yeah. in, real, in, in real motion, then is obviously enough doubt. There should be a time limit as well on the VAR if it's going to stay. You've yeah. got 30 seconds from the incident to oh. look at the angle, look at the replays and say, yeah, it has to be changed or not, and then it's gone. And you know what? I would also make the move for, like, get rid of the referees running over to the tablet on oh, the sideline. Stupid, <laughs> that. Although it, it could be worse. It could be the NFL system where there's some poor guy standing on the sideline in three-degree weather in Pittsburgh <laughs> in driving rain who's just... Sole job is to hold the referee's tablet to look at the replays. They haven't got stands in the NFL, like. No, they got rid of that. Wow, who would have thought the 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 A-League could have it better organised? (laughs) All right, so look, we could keep going on this for a very, very long time, but I'm going to pull rank and say we're done (laughs) until next week when it when it it kicks off again. Exactly. I can spit out the words. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing better than Sean Evans ever could. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. I think that's ruled out ever having Sean Evans as a guest on the show, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go on to a couple of Facebook polls that we ran uh, earlier this week. I'm going to start off with something that was prompted by what happened in Newcastle on Saturday, where yeah. the A-League side had the 4.35pm kickoff or 5.35 local time, and straight afterwards was the W-League match. So the question became for us, if the Raw decided to run, say, a Saturday afternoon that way with their double headers, would you go to it? So, Adam, we've got a couple of uh, comments that I'm going to get you to read while I bring up the final poll results. Well, oh, okay, I so see. You're going to go for that because I've got the poll results in front of me. Go for it. Me. But look, um, well, look, the, well, the other two actually reveal the, the final numbers, if you're, not, if you're not on Facebook already. But, go for it. Um, look, there's some varying comments as well. I think an overwhelming support of it. Yeah. I think a lot, of the, a lot of the people that sort of we invited obviously comments as well. And the one big thing that stood out was that it's the, the timing, the logistics yeah. of it all, um, it, depending on what time the kickoff is, mm. as to whether they would stay or not. But, um, but yeah, look, it's... Um, we said we'll go read a few of them out. Um, one, one of well, just before we do that, yep. I've finally found the results. So, <laughs> two hundred and twelve votes, we had seventy-one percent in favour of having the double header schedule that so way. Saying they would go to both. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and twenty-nine percent saying no. But it seems like a lot of the people against it were the ones saying, "I wouldn't want to do it." Say on su- like what we saw this yeah. week on a Sunday night with six and eight thirty yeah. kickoffs or something. Which you know, fair enough. But I go back to, I suppose. Like, that Saturday afternoon window is the perfect opportunity to try something like that. Exactly, yeah. And look, some of the comments, like one here from uh, Peter ABT, was Raw also need to market directly to the girls that play football. Many don't know the games are on or even know yeah, the players. And look, yeah. that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair comment. That's I'd a say so, yeah. Effect, may, maybe, look, maybe not generalised. Yeah. We didn't want to have attack, attack the Raw or anything like that. That's probably more generalised across the A-League. Well, where I think the FFA markets... Yeah, I think you could also yeah. expand so that out to the A-League <laughs> as well, to be honest. Not so yeah. many people know the games are on either, but... Yeah, the number of people I talk to when I say, oh, yeah, do a show about the Bruce Brown, go, who's that? <laughs> to which I would also say, you know, open your eyes a little bit. <laughs> Especially with how much I spam them on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got some other comments, Adam? Uh, do you want me to read yeah, some? Yeah, oh, There's one yeah. from Daniel Butler. Time of the time of play is an impact one. So it's two, two to four, it makes sense. If it's later on, maybe not. But I think it's also the timing between games is an important issue as well. You have to yeah. have an hour at least yeah. between games. Because yeah. I think it was about 45 minutes between the two games on Sunday, roughly. Because it's finished a bit after after five and it kicked off just about six. So it's about 45 minutes between the games. But you're right, there has to be, you have to warm up. You, well, you, you, can't, make, you can't expect that the players to play five minutes after full time in the first game and no warm up. This isn't like a kids under nine. Yeah, it's not, yeah, not going to work. Yeah, they have a strict yeah. time limit of one hour and we saw that enforced with yeah. both double headers where the kickoff time of the A-League had to be put back yeah. by a few minutes so they could accommodate yeah. that. Um, just another comment here from uh, Jules Stark. I'd love to, but back-to-back games is too long when you attend with small children ages seven, five and three. That's yeah, that's very true. true. So yeah, that that, that yeah. is um if we're marking if they're marking the families, that is a big consideration. Yeah. You know, the attention span of the kids to actually withstand two games and, of football and that break in the middle. And following on from that, John Lang suggests the idea about the cost of the food at the at the grounds <laughs> makes it difficult to attend both games with a family as well. That, given sure. if at that dinner time it can get quite pricey, which is a valid point. Yeah. The number of times I've sort of been starving when we do <laughs> fan camps just because it's Yeah. 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 Ah, uh, uni student days. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so we ran another poll, which we'll get on to quickly, because I'm just seeing how long this segment's running for now. Uh, this morning, Dario and Rado Vidisic announced they were leaving the Wellington Phoenix, so there are a whole bunch of jokes about, Dad, I don't want to go to the equipment here, but I'll leave it. So we ran a poll with the announcement, Dario Vidisic is leaving the Phoenix. Would you be happy if the Raw signed him? 65% say yes, 35 say no. I'm actually on in the minority here. I wouldn't be a big fan of them bringing him back. Yeah, oh, same, same here, because obviously the great thing about posting polls, yeah, you actually get the vote on them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, um, you know, I actually went on, though. I, look, been there, done that, you know. Look, you know don't Dar- remember most of it. Yeah. Gee, like, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I, I just don't, I just think there's probably better players out there they can offer. But you know, I think the more interesting point that came up about that is that what is going on across yeah. the ditch. I just don't think it's realistic to sign Vitesic at the moment, given I'm not sure there'll be much cap space anyway, even for a short term. To be honest, so yeah. maybe an injury replacement deal, but I'm not sure he'd go for that. I think another club would be more likely. I feel like if you're going to sign him, it's got to be for the rest of the season, yeah. and yeah. I don't think anyone's injured till the end of the season yet. Unless Shannon, unless they're planning on just. Do you want to get onto the injury discussion or not? Yeah, all right. Let's get onto that. Because <laughs> I'm sure we can find someone on this list to be injured for the year because it's a long list. Well, again, I just go back to the question yeah. about Shannon Brady because he's still to be confirmed. Yeah. Uh, so. We we did hear whispers. Um, did we? That, yeah, two to three <laughs> weeks away. Scott okay. wasn't listening that closely. No, you? again with your voice <laughs> on Sunday, couldn't hear what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So there we. So it's a really long injury list, though. Something like 13 players. And John Aloisi said on Saturday, I believe it is press conference, Mm. that they'd brought an independent consultant to evaluate the Ballymore. He went on about it for about five minutes on on Saturday. So about two thirds of his press conference was about that one topic. You think he wanted to get that message out? Yeah, and that that was after he he spent speaking a couple of minutes on the radio prior to that. So I think that was that was the theme. The talking point of the weekend was (laughs) we're bringing people look in this because it's not. Apparently, the Ballymore's fine. Well, it's that's not what Ballymore, so. Concern was everyone was saying, "Oh, Ballymore's not good. Yeah. That's why the injuries are happening." I don't think that's why injuries happen. <laughs> if I'm being completely yeah. honest, it's not always down to the field of play yeah. you're playing on. There's a whole bunch of other factors. Well, like, well, let's just just on that. Um, like I said, one the, when you take away the excuse of the field, the other job at going in is about age of players. Now I've actually got a list of the of the oh, ages of all the was. players. <laughs> I was like, that's not their numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible writing. <laughs> um, look, as long as you can read it. Yeah, look, look Michael Theo, 36. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Luke Devere, uh, 28. Brett Holman, 33. Corey Gamera, 24. That's uh, Gastro, jo- though. Yeah, yeah, that's, but still, yeah. he's listed as injured. Yeah. Uh, he's been, well, he's been injured for a very long he time. He has been injured Probably. too, yeah. Jaden North, 35. Joe Kelly, 19. Shannon Brady, 21. Eric Bortiak, 30. Nick D'Agostino, 19. Emilio Martinez, 18. And yeah. Ivan Frenich, 30. So, look, you, you know, and you take it's the arrow range, yeah. You take the arrow out because, you know, goalkeepers can play to their 50 if they want. So and that's, that's also, I suppose, if you want to yeah. really go hmm. more in depth, you also break down... Who's got, say, an impact injury like yeah. Theo with his finger, yep. and who's got soft tissue yeah. injury? Which it's, I'm not going to go yeah. into the Tom Brady training yeah. method. No, or anything it's not right just now, the list of injuries; it's how long they've been out for as well. Yeah. If some of these injuries surely should be cured it, quicker it, than they are, which makes you think maybe it's a physio problem. It's not just a physio problem. I think you've got to come back when you're mentally and physically yeah. ready to step back up onto that pitch. And I'm going to use my sister as an example. It took her. 18 months after an ACL, MCL, and totally torn meniscus. Been there. Total, yeah. total injury. Yeah. And 
you can you can physically fine, but going back onto that pitch ready mentally mm. to be able to do what you want to do and play, yeah. that's another side of it. And you also don't want to come back too early and tear your in mm. knee again. You don't want to yeah. have that injury. Corey Gamero might be an example of that, given he missed three straight years with knee injuries. And so Daniel Bowles. I'm not saying he well. rushed back, but mm. it's a... It, it's one of those issue. injuries yeah. where even no matter what injury it is, broken arm or anything, yeah. you've got to be careful the way you come back. And just naturally, you are going to be quite nervous. Or like we were saying with Daniel Bowles, when he made his return, you could tell he was fresh off a very serious knee injury and he did take a little while yeah. to get used to it. But once he settled in now, I think it's But fine. even watching Luke Devere in that youth game, you could tell at times he, he wasn't the Luke Devere that, you know, we, that we're used to yeah. at A-League level because he was still 10 and that like the the big knee braces, their giveaway, but even still his instincts were a bit sort of off what we expect of a player of his experience at the top level. So, yeah. And you can have the best physio in the world. It's not going to be able, they're not going to be able to fix the injury quicker. That's right. All right. So just quickly, Australian under 23 squad picked for the AFC under 23 championships in China in January. No raw players were picked, although (laughs) we could need them all. That might be why they didn't pick a D'Agostino because it's just, Injuries. No one available at the Raw to fill in at the moment. That's right. And, yeah, FFA versus clubs. They just, aren't I happy think, to lose to Silver. Yeah, but it's interesting because these tournaments are important. Mm. They really are because it's a, they haven't missed the last two Olympics, the last 320 World Cups. The same problems happened in America. Look what happened to them. They missed the World Cup. You've got to be, you have to qualify for some international tournaments. It's, it's, it's an important experience to have for young players to play in these tournaments and... It's, it's just a, a major problem yeah. overall with the youth in yeah. Australia. You look at even the young Matildas and junior yeah. Matildas teams. They, yeah. they, they're they good. They have brilliant players in them, but why aren't we making those World Cups or Asian Cups? Let's, That's the question. Yeah. Let's say, you know, I know that the, the naysayers say, oh, there's, there's nothing riding on this tournament. Well, how about three or four games or more but, you know, actually, you know, combined experience. Like I said, it will be an absolute disaster if we do not qualify for, for the Tokyo Olympics. You know, for, for youth development, you know, it's, it's a generation that could de- potentially be wiped out again. Because, of the, and as like I said, I know the A-League clubs are, are sort of up in arms now, but they can't, they can't have it both ways. They can't bleed on about youth development no. and then say, oh, we missed, we missed out on a bigger tournament. Two words, international break. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, so we seem to be making a habit of having very long segment threes at the moment. So we're going to yeah. stop it there and come back with segment four. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Back to segment four of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James Scott, Adam and Angela, and I didn't have to point to anyone this time to remind myself who was here. Before we get into well, segment... Should we take our name tags off now? No. Okay. <laughs> Again, do I have to make the mad cow joke? All right, so Adam, what, where can people get in contact with us? All righty. Uh, on Facebook, search for Brisbane Football Review. The On Twitter, at Raw Review. Uh, on the iPod on Wooshka and the iTunes and, <laughs> and email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com and of course the brilliant fan cams and please come down and see us tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, please if they, do. If, they, if the Raw lose, it's going to be a very long night. <laughs> Even a draw might be a long night actually. Depends on the, how they do yeah. it. All right, and Angela, where can people see your work? So you can um, head to the women's football game. It's the uh, same across all our twi- um, for our, oh, sorry. It's on our Twitter and Instagram, and it's the women's football game Oz on our Facebook. Awesome. And 
then now we're going to get into the preview, aren't we? Uh, do we have to? Yeah. It's still, still long enough. Yeah. All right. So, so many people may not be aware, but they're all actually playing Thursday night. So tomorrow as we're recording. Actually, in pretty much 24 hours. Yeah. So I should get a notification on my phone, probably while we're actually yeah. still talking, um, saying that kickoff's 24 hours away. So, Roar against Perth. Perth have to make a rare trip away from home. What are we expecting from this game, Adam? Oh, geez, it could be very uh, interesting. Like, it's, it's a case of, will the real Roar... Uh, start again. The real Roar show up versus, you know, Perth, who can be absolutely horrendous away from home. Or... Anything between that. I think it's a, it's a game that has a lot of mystery on it. Well, Perth's clearly going to be jet-lagged given it's a rare away trip for them. <laughs> They're not, <laughs> They're not used to, to this, no. Andrew, what are you expecting tomorrow night? I'm hoping that we actually win. <laughs> I, I, <agree laughs> I think they need a win. Straight to the point. <laughs> Straight to the point, yeah. yeah. So the advantage of having a Thursday night game isn't actually going to be in crowd numbers, but it is going to be in the fact that we can actually talk about the squad coming out. It's good, isn't it? Yes. Scott, what's so, the, what are um, the changes? That's a very, very good question. Cause so, just got we know Gramiro's in. Gramiro is in. Um, D'Agostino is back in and Luke Devere is in as well. So, two players to drop out. So, maybe a defender will drop out. Maybe Conor O'Toole will get rested. Bring back um, Corey Brown left back. And then, one of the young guys probably miss out. I would assume it third. would be Daniel Leck because yeah. he, of course, had the 45 minutes in the youth game. Yeah. I really want to keep pushing for Ramadak Bari to get some minutes. So. I hope he starts this game, actually. Mm. I'm trying to think who else... Will be out. So obviously, Frainish and Skipetis are out. Skipetis is in the squad. No, he is. He's okay. in the squad. I'm not sure how right he is, but he's in the squad. I wouldn't risk him. Like just with those sorts of injuries, it seemed like a bit of a muscle one. So yeah, I'd, I'd give yeah. him. I'd give him the time off and let him rest up for the next game. They got a fair amount of time before the next game as well. So yeah. was it ten days or something? So, <laughs> yeah, the Thursday night. You have plenty yeah. of time in between it. Yeah. But also as well for Perth, there's some very significant ends as well, namely Andy Keogh is oh, back from injury. So that may may help their sort of their, their goal scoring stocks uh, significantly. But um, other, other than that, like I so said, I think Perth as well, you know, as far as key players go, they've probably got a, as long an injury list as what the Raw have. So yeah. it's sort of the battle of you know, the walking wounded almost. It's going to be interesting seeing how they both finish the game because Perth have, haven't been known this season to finish the game strong. No. So I think that's where Raw can capitalise. But then again, Raw second half is up in arms half the time. So this is a game maybe Macaroni might come off the bench as well. Yeah. Two games in five days, maybe. Bring him on off the bench. 45 each for, yeah. like 45 each for him and Gramiro, why yeah. not? Um, so actually, one other thing, one other point we should also make about t- uh, the tickets for whatnot for this game. This is started the summer yeah. football promotion. So free entry for kids with paying adult over the summer games. So that's yeah. going to be what over the next three yeah. four weeks. Yeah. I do like how they used to have a big promotion for this and a big like unveiling of this. This year, now nah, we'll just send out a press release. Quite enough. Nice <laughs> announcement of it, FFA. <laughs> mind you, as far as raw home games go, some decent games amongst yeah. that a lot. You know, we get we get the champs up here at some point, and also West Sydney Wanderers. So over a few the space of four days, yeah, three days. Was it a th- Thursday, Monday, or something? Friday, yeah. Monday. Friday, yeah. Monday. So that's going to be very, very interesting to see how that yeah. all plays out. So all-time records against Perth. Played 38, 120, draw 9, lost 9, including a very memorable grand final. <laughs> if I do say oh, so yeah. myself. It was a penalty. Yes, <laughs> it was a penalty. Yeah. And then get, get well Liam Miller, by the way. Absolutely. Yes, that uh, came out today as yep. well. So mm. fingers crossed that works out for him. Uh, we've got at Suncourt, played 18, won 12, drawn 4, lost 2. So it's first meeting this season. Big question, I suppose, now is does Luke Devere play? Oh, I wouldn't have I thought so. It. 
Sit him on the bench. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have thought he'd play. I'd yeah. put him on the bench just as an absolute emergency mm. cover yeah. and then have the other three guys yeah. ready to go out. I don't just... think Pepper and Bowles done that badly as a combination. You have to rush Luke Devere back. No, I Particularly thought... given his injury concerns down the years as well. I thought Luke Devere, uh, like, as good as he is, like, I wouldn't take a 60% Luke Devere over a 100% Jacob Pep because he hasn't fallen off the way I think many people expected him to with a prolonged stint out of position. So, yeah, just can't risk the re-injury to Devere and having him out longer than we need him to. And then if you time it right, all of a sudden you're going to wind up in two weeks with all four centre-backs ready and available. So that's going to be good. Hopefully it was four games left for Papadopoulos. Yeah, so pretty much I think the Wanderers game on Monday the 8th of January is his first game back. Yep. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> could have been, it's could the game been after the Sydney game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that could have... So that could be something really worth paying yeah. attention to there because you could wind up with your four first choice centre back selfie for the first time in a very long time. Actually, uh, since about a year when Daniel Bowles went down with an ACL injury. <laughs> That's right. So, look, bottom line, this is a game they're all need to win. I think we can all agree with that because yep. right now they're sitting in ninth place. But it as we think, top six at Christmas if they win the game. Yeah, there we go. Is, so yeah. something to look forward to. <laughs> it shows you how crazy the league table is, but it's more about performance and playing well as well. And one last point to mention is a story that came out from Marco Monteverde just about an hour ago is the fact that they're all not happy with this being a Thursday night game because obviously yeah. it's going to impact crowd numbers. And the quote attributed to yeah. David Pure is that it will be, I think, 8,000 is what they're hoping for. Uh, I think yeah. uh, that's very optimistic, to be honest, if, if what we sort of see that, you know, 2,000 dropped from Sunday night with a drawing. Yeah, I said, I'd be, I'd be shocked if those 8,000. I think you'd take that almost. I was just thinking, remember a couple of years ago when the Raw played on every single night of the week? Over the course of the whole season? Was that 10, 11? There was um, the Asian Cup year, 14, 15. Because oh, yes. uh, of Champions League and rescheduled games all the rest of it. They played every single night of the week. Well, there we go. Have Something fun. hanging your hat on. It could very well happen again this year if Champions League qualification happens. Which we are still hopeful for, it, we for are. as well. All right, so uh, the... Other fixtures, Friday, December 22nd, Newcastle Jets, Western Sydney Wanderers. And then December 23, doubleheader, Wellington versus Sydney and Melbourne City versus Melbourne Victory. That's going to be fun. Oh, yay. I look forward to uh, Mars, Mars and Budzinski playing as a false nine instead of Braden Crowley up front. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Youth development, well done, City. And then finally, Boxing Day, Adelaide United against Central Coast Mariners in the... Match that I think everyone should be glad that they've had a few extra days to cool off after the VAR yeah. controversy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the VAR derby, that one. Yeah. That's right. All right, so now we are going to get into our predictions for the person. <coughs> and I'm going to start off saying I expect this to be a 2-2 draw. Scott, you're next. I'm going with one all draw again. For the eighth time in a row, isn't it? Yeah, that, did, that yep. result, uh, not eighth time in a row, but... Close enough. Eighth time this year, perhaps. Adam. <laughs> Brisbane 2-1. 2-1 to Brisbane. Okay, good to know someone's optimistic. Angela? <laughs> I'm hoping that Mark um, Macarena can get that secret goal and it's going to be 1-0. I'll take that. All right. I think it's going to be higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> good news is, though, we haven't gotten you to stitch up Adam like last time you were on. Yeah, it, wasn't, it was pretty bad, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> was it, is that the 4-2 over Central Coast? That no, was that, that was when we lost to Wellington and Wellington scored with like three goals in oh, the first three, half. Three, three, three <laughs> in Wellington, that's right. So... All that being considered, there's one other story that we probably should mention as well, and we'll keep publicising it as we go on. The Raw Supporters Federation have announced that there'll be a fan forum with David Pure Wednesday, January 10th mm-hmm. at 7pm at the 4XL House at the brewery at Milton with a host that you may be familiar with, if not fond of, 
So, Adam, good luck with hosting. <laughs> so, I believe we're probably going to try and work on streaming that on Facebook Live or something. We'll work some something point. out. Yep. Yeah, we'll worry about the technology later. Thank you for bearing with us with the audio issues today. Yeah, given today's events, technology's not our strong suit, is it? <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say that out loud, dude. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Angela, thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed your second stint on the show. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great. Yeah. You'll come back? Yes. Okay, guys, eventually. we've got to work hard on this. <laughs> yeah. You better work out the technology then. I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah. All right, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the football this weekend. And most importantly, have a very Merry Christmas.